Blog Talk Radio. Commissioner T, 
the Madden Voice, 347-838-9525, if you happen to be out there listening. Shout out to my co-host. Um, I did not tell them I was doing this. Um, you know, it's kind of our off season. So, you know, we will be back on the air within the next two weeks to talk free agency. Uh, the four of us, K-Star, uh, JB, my brother, um, and uh, Dr. Train, of course. I had to teach mm-hmm. Dr. Train because the, the Bears signed a kicker uh, to replace, uh, uh, what's the guy, Cody Parker, I think was the guy that blew the kick um, against, I think it was the Rams. I think he blew it against the Rams in the playoffs. See, you know, you get far away from it, you know, I, mean, I think it was the Rams. I could be wrong. No, it wasn't the Rams. It was the Eagles. Was it the Eagles? Yeah, I think it was the Eagles. He blew the kick against the Eagles in the playoffs. But anyway, um, they signed a kicker. His last name is Blewett. Blue it like B L E W I T T blew it like he better be damn good because if not he's gonna be he is going to for the first kick he misses that cost him the game man he is gonna be a meme holic that dude is gonna be the meme of 2019 football and don't let it happen in an important game or the playoffs um, these guys will be back within the next couple of weeks we'll do a show talking about preseason uh, uh, preseason yeah I'll be okay uh, postseason free agency. But in the meantime, let's talk about some things going on in the NFL. First of all, let's talk about Antonio Brown. You know, um, I was going to actually text K-Star, but I know, you know, it's Sunday. He's probably hanging out with his beautiful little baby girl and doing his thing. But, man, you know, if you're a Steelers fan, as we know K-Star is a diehard Steelers fan, um, y'all want to learn how to support your team, listen to K-Star. Don't listen to Stephen A. Smith, who claims to be a Steelers fan, but he's also from Philly. Uh, where he worked for 17 years because he doesn't, you know, uh, um, lose a, a chance to tell us about that. But he's also a native New Yorker. So I'm a New Yorker, so I like New York teams, but I worked in Philly, but I'm a Steelers fan. Come on, dude, pick a team. Um, that is not how you support a team. You pick a team, you stick with your team. My father taught me that at six years old or seven, something like that. He said, because I, you know, I was a little boy, whatever team was winning, that was my team. And he was like, and I remember this. It's vague because, you know, I'm old now, but it's vague. But I remember being a little boy and him saying, you can't just jump teams. You pick a team and you stick with a team. And the Cowboys were playing on TV. And I said, who's the team with the star? I like stars. And I like blue. And he said, that's the Dallas Cowboys. I said, that's my team. Now, if you remember the 70s, that's when I was a little kid, the Cowboys were on TV every week. Oh, they're still on TV every week. But you only had – you only had like two games a week. You know, you had you had your you know you had your one o'clock and your four o'clock game. Uh, I don't even know if they did two games at one o'clock like they do now. They might have. It was a long time ago. But you only could watch a couple of games a week. There's no NFL, There was no internet. There was no NFL package. You know, there was Monday Night Football, but you know, there was no Thursday Night games. There was no um, Sunday Night games. There was no you know that was it. And because the Cowboys were so popular on TV all the time. So I became a Cowboy fan, and it stuck with me, and I'm a lifelong dire Cowboy fan. K-Star's a Steelers fan. And I know this whole thing must be killing him because when you're sitting there with Ben Roethlisberger, who we call a four horseman, because when we look around the NFL, although next year we may have to rethink that four horseman because there's some quarterbacks coming up that may challenge, you know, the top four that we see. Um, but right now, as you end this year, going into the next season, it's Brady, it's Breeze, it's Rodgers, and it's Roethlisberger. He came in to replace uh, Peyton Manning, okay? And so you, you 
guy who was going to the Hall of Fame, who's got two Super Bowls, um, who's a very talented quarterback. I, I, well, I'll get to other stuff in a second. But um, you have him. You have the best wide receiver in the game, Antonio Brown. You have arguably the best running back. You know, I've been very clear that I think it's Zeke, but not everybody wants to say it's Saquon. Guy has one great year. Now it's Saquon. I, I, I you know, um, I, I don't, I don't get it. Zeke in three years, Saquon in one. Now if Saquon comes back next year and has the same kind of year. Okay, then let's talk about it. But I don't know. Um, although, yeah, I probably did say Zeke was the best running back in the game as rookie season. So I'm being a hypocrite. Anyway, when you have three players that are at the top of their game and at the top of the league, and then you lose two of them. And, you, and, you know, Le'Veon didn't play all year, and then Bell missed the last game of the season, and now he's on his – I mean, uh, Brown missed the last game of the season, and now he's on his way out. Um, and the reason I say on his way, the, the league new year starts Wednesday. So that's when free agency starts, and that's when trades and, and all that can, can, can take place. So it's not official yet. So technically he's still a stealer. Um, but can you imagine losing – I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if I can think of a time. And, you know, I've watched a lot of football, and I don't know, you know, a team that has a Hall of Fame quarterback easily say is a top five, top four, top five quarterback in the game, a top three, easy top three running back, top two, um, some say the best in the game, and then um, – you know, the best wide receiver in the game. And I don't really think it's debatable. I mean, you know, Julio Jones is good. He's really good. And Beckham is good. These guys are good. But what Brown does out there is just insane, especially at his size. I mean, he had one drop pass last season. He played 15 games. He had one drop pass. I mean, just, just think about that for a minute. One. You know, um, you know, Des Bryant had won a game. <laughs> um, he had one drop pass. So to lose two superstars like that in one season, I, I can't even imagine how that must feel. And, and let me tell you something. Deeper than just losing these two guys, it's why and how. It's There's a problem in Pittsburgh, and, you know, it's, it's sad to say because it is one of the most storied, NFL franchises out there, storied sports franchise. I mean, you know, they have six rings. The uh, Patriots now have six rings. But, I mean, the Steelers have been sitting on six for a while. Um, You know, three coaches in the history of the franchise, which is just insane, and each of the coaches has at least one ring, which is just insane. The Rooney family, you know, I mean – what can you say? You know, there's a there's a there's an NFL rule called the Rooney Rule named after them that says you must interview a minority uh, candidate when you're replacing your head coach. And as a black man, I, I got no problem with that. And the Rooney's ain't black. This is something that they were instrumental in in bringing into the NFL. Gotta love them. Gotta respect them. But when you get below them and you look at the GM, and I don't know who the GM is off the top of my head. K Star would know, but I do know who the head coach is. And I disagree with what a lot of the people are saying. I, I think Tomlin lost the team. And, you know, would I fire him? I don't know that I would fire him. It's hard for me to say fire him when I got Jason Garrett as my coach, right? But at the same time, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but at the same time, 
you know, James Garrett has lost this team, although we'll see what happens with Demarcus Lawrence. But uh, up to this moment, he hasn't lost this team. That team is lost. That team in Pittsburgh was lost. And, you know, Ben throwing people under the bus, talking about, you know, you don't you don't run the right route, Antonio Brown. The, the linemen talk about Antonio Brown's concert, I mean, contract. Sorry, I said concert. Contract. Like, what is that? You know, and that's that's leadership. That's someone not setting the tone. Like, that's not okay. I don't blame Antonio Brown for wanting to get out of the Steelers. I do blame him for sitting up there saying, I'm not looking for attention with his blue dyed blue hair and uh, golden brown uh, yellow mustache. And we see him doing things on the sideline like a lot of divas. The guy is a diva. But I don't blame him for wanting to get out of Pittsburgh. I blame the Steelers for letting him go. I blame Mike Tomlin, number one, because from day to day, that's your job, bro. Your job is team cohesion. Your job is leadership on the field, in the locker room. Your job. And I blame Ben Roethlisberger, because now we're going to see. Now we're going to see how you do next year, Big Ben, because Brown is gone. So can Juju really be the number one? Or was he a benefit of having, you know, a superstar on the other side? James Potter, they said he had a good job and statistically had a comparable season to Le'Veon Bell. Let me tell you something about football. Stats only take you so far. Stats, you know, Deion Sanders did not have a lot of career interceptions. I want to say somewhere between 35 and 40 career interceptions. You know why? Because no one threw Deion effectively shut down one side of the field. So you can't just look at stats and say, oh, uh, James Conner, you know, look at what he did on the field. He had a 1,000 yards. He had a number of touchdowns. No, it's about when it's in the fourth quarter and you're trying to win the game, who do you want as your running back, James Conner or Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, it's a stupid question. Just like everybody out there thinking James Conner's going to come in here and fill that hole adequately. Did they make the playoffs last year? Now, I'm not blaming James Conner, but if you still go to the playoffs and Conner's your running back and you make damage in the playoffs, then come talk to me. You need to make playoffs. And they want to give Juju Smith, the, the, you know, the, 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 what is co- uh, Coach Parcells said, the anointing oils. Oh, you know, he, he really, he's the MVP of the team and all that. Wait a minute. Hold up. Hold up. If I'm Antonio Brown, I'm out of here too. I need an MVP of the team because he kept his mouth shut. He's young, ladies and gentlemen. He's just feeling this. Give him a couple of years so he'll have something to say to him. I'm just saying, I don't wish this. I know we have a lot of fun on the show and K-Star. And, you know, we all go at it. And, you know, but I don't wish this on my good friend, my brother K-Star. I don't root for any other team. I don't. But I do support my co-host. I support K-Star as my host. Wanted his team to do well because I can't stand the Patriots. I support Dr. Train as as Bears. I don't support the Bears, but I support Dr. Train. And he even said, if we don't go there, I hope you get there. And, of course, me and my brother are Cowboy fans, so that's nothing but love. So I don't wish any ill will on my brother. But the Steelers will have a rough year next year. They don't have a rough year. I don't even know what the schedule is. Maybe they'll benefit because they didn't make the playoffs, so the schedule won't be as tough as if they had won the division, got a you know number two seed or something like that. So maybe possibly they might benefit from a, a 
relaxed schedule against some of the lesser teams. But let me tell you something. You got to go up. You got, if you, I don't know who they have to play. I don't know their schedule at all. But um, when you have to go out a year later, when you expected to have Bell and Brown, the three Bs, right, killer Bs, and then Bell sits out, and now Brown is gone, and now you got to go there with Connor and uh, Smith-Schuster and maybe find somebody else in free agency. Yeah, let me tell you something. Antonio Browns aren't they're, – they're not just anywhere. Le'Veon Bells aren't anywhere. I mean, think about it. you got Le'Veon Bell, you got Gurley, you got Zeke. And maybe Barkley, if he can come back and do it another year. We'll say maybe Barkley. After that, who you got out there that's a superstar running back? I'm sorry. I don't I'm I'm thinking I'm going through I'm going through rosters in my head right now and I don't see it. Matter of fact, I'm gonna pull up. I'm gonna pull up to NFL right now. I'm gonna pull up the app on my cell phone because I can. And I'm gonna look at the top rushers from last year and I'm gonna see who the top let me you know, because hey, it's been you know, I, I it's been a little while and uh let's see here. It's been a little while. League leaders. It's been a little while, so I, you know, I can't really remember. Um, you know, okay, rushing leaders, Zeke, of course, Saquon, Gurley. Those are your top three right there. Bell didn't play. Remember that. So, for me, those are your top four running backs in NFL. Then you got Joe Mixon in Cincinnati, the guy that had all the problems in college. Good back, you know, good. I mean, everybody can't be superstar level. Is he on the same level as these four guys I just mentioned? And I'm putting Barkley in because he did have a phenomenal rookie season. He set a record, I don't know, like first rookie with 2,000 combined yards or something. I don't know because I'm not – I don't care what it was. I know he's, he's good, and he's, he's on the cusp of being great. So for this discussion, I will put him in that category, those four guys. Number five, somebody named Chris Carson. Yes, as The Rock would say, some jabroni named Chris Carson. I'm going to ask you, do you, know who, do you know what team he plays for? Chris Carson, fifth leading rusher in the NFL. Do y'all know what team he plays for? Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, that would be the Seattle Seahawks. Fifth leading rusher. And you know what his total was? Rushing, 1151. Okay? So, so you know, some 300 yards behind Zeke when he's number five. So when you look at, see, for me, when I'm looking at impact, I start at 1,200, not, not 1,000. And the three guys that did 1,200 or more, Gurley, Barkley, and Zeke. Those are your, those are your guys that did 1,200 or more. You know what I mean? Let's look at, let's look at uh, wide receivers, right? So you've got, you've got Antonio Brown, who, did, who had, uh, he was 1,400 yards, um, just under, uh, I got uh, Schuster here at 1,426. And I know Brown was like 1,410 or something. Um, you got Tyreek Hill, you got Mike Evans, you got DeAndre Hopkins, you got uh, Julio Jones. Okay, those are your top wide receivers. Now, I think Antonio Brown is better than all of them. You can argue Jones has had a phenomenal season, Hopkins, great hands, Mike Evans, big body, Ty- Tyreek Hill, kind of like an Antonio Brown, smaller, um, very fast, um, good hands. And now Schuster's developing. But honestly, other than for me, other than maybe Julio Jones, because he's just so good, I might that might be the one guy that I would say, okay, maybe I would take him over Brown. I ain't taking none of these other guys. 
These guys are these guys are great. But come on. These guys spent six years straight doing this stuff. So my my point is my point is where are you gonna go find these replacements? I just wanna know. These guys don't grow on trees. They don't. Take it from me. I know. I'm a cowboy fan. Thank God we got Amari Cooper. Because stupid Dallas let Des Bryant go, and maybe maybe it was a smart decision. I don't know. But productivity-wise, it was dumb as they found out six, seven games into the season. Oh, all of a sudden, you lose Des Bryant, lose Jason Witten. He's back. Get to that in a few minutes. Um, and, and, and all of a sudden, you've got no passing game. So they go out and get Amari Cooper. And – and, and he was worth the first round pick. I have no problem. They're not picking to like late in the second round. Great. I don't care. I don't. You got Amari Cooper. And Amari Cooper is all that. He's not as good as these guys I just mentioned, but he, he but he's 24 years old. Let's see what happens in the next couple of years. Because man is the man is sick. But anyway, still have some problems this year. Still have some challenges. And really, what I'm going to enjoy is see how good Ben, ben Big Ben is without Antonio Brown and without Le'Veon Bell. Because Ben in his prime has had those two weapons. And Ben is starting to get up there in age a little bit. I guess he's going to get a big, huge contact contract. I'm sorry, I can't get the word contract out of my mouth this morning. Hold on, let me swig a little bit of this coffee. Got a little uh, uh, Keurig coffee, although I don't have a Keurig, but I have some of their coffee. Hold on. Bear with me. Bear, 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 bear. Give me a moment here. Uh, mm. Got some Almond Joy Creamer. Mm, so good. All right. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Big Ben does in next season. I think there's going to be problems. I think Big Ben is great. Don't get me wrong. I do. But, you know, Tom Brady has done it with not really having a superstar wide receiver other than Randy Moss for one year. Aaron Rodgers, I'd say, never had a superstar wide receiver. He's done it. Drew Brees, I don't think he's ever had a superstar receiver. He's done it. Um, Ben's had Antonio Brown for six years. So now let's see. And let's see what Antonio Brown does with David Carr out in Oakland. Let's see what happens. David Carr is a pretty good quarterback. Uh, Didn't do much last year, but before he was an MVP candidate, I think Antonio Brown is going to be fine out there. I think I, I really do. Um, ESPN is showing notable trades. Terrell Owens traded from the 49ers to the Eagles. Yep, I remember that. And then he went from the Eagles to the Cowboys. And then uh, Randy Moss traded from the Raiders to the Patriots. I remember that. Now, how are they going to have T.O., Randy Moss, and then the third one, Keyshawn Johnson? Maybe because he works there, right? So they got to throw him up in that category. Traded from the Jets to the Bucks. Nope. Oh, notable wide receivers to be man trade. Okay, that's different. I thought they were talking about, like, notable wide receivers that were traded. I'm like, eh, okay. Anywho, um, so let's see what happens. Um, it's over. I'm getting paid a, a crazy amount of money. And um, let's see what happens. Really. That, that, that's really all I can say at this point. But I'm very skeptical. And I really want to see what happens in free agency with the Steelers. And what are they going to do? But I'll tell you, this fracture, if the Steelers are thinking letting these two guys go is going to fix it, we'll see. I'm skeptical on that. We'll see. Um, 
Jason Witten is back. Uh, you know, it's old news now, but Jason Witten is back. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> so I've been listening to this for about 10 days. I guess it's been about 10 days since he announced that he was coming back. And I've been listening to, or maybe maybe not quite 10, I don't know. And I've been listening to a lot of different people talking about Jason Witten. And it's it's from... You know, you, you know, he's got a three and a half million dollar contract, which could go up to five million, depending on incentives. And he's 37 years old. And I've heard from he's our savior to, you know, what are the Cowboys thinking? Um, so I'm going to I'm going to break that down for you. I'm going to tell you uh, what what this means. And unfortunately, my original assessment I've had to adjust a bit because things have happened since Jason Witten has been uh, signed back to the team, right? So you've got Jason Witten coming out of retirement. He missed one year. He's, he's coming back. You've got um, – in fact, let me hold off on Jason Witten for a minute. Let me get to something else. Let me get to David Irving for a minute. Um, losing David Irving isn't a big deal because the defense was stout without him. He played – I think he played two games last year um, – the man had the potential to be a great one, though. We saw flashes from him, and even Rob Ryan on one of the shows said he's the most talented player I've ever coached. And if you're listening to Want to Talk Defense, you know, you talk to a Ryan. Um, for me, losing him, I'm okay with. I wish he had stayed. I wish that he had um, gotten his act together for himself, for his family and then had a great career in Dallas or wherever he may have ended up. But, you know, he's clearly, you know, has had some issues. He was injured this season. Um, and, you know, Randy Gregory, I'll talk about him separately, and both these guys are suspended indefinitely. And usually when you get to the indefinitely point of view, it's because it's not your first offense. You're on multiple offenses, okay? And both of these guys have been on multiple offenses. But two different stories here. Um, you know, and so you sit as a fan and you, you wish for the best. And me as a father, because technically I'm middle-aged now, and I've been watching football a long time, I always think about the family, I always think about the person. These guys are young enough to be my sons. I never had a son, I had two beautiful daughters, but they're young enough to be my sons. So I start looking at things a little bit different now, and I start wishing for them to do well. But I also look at it as, you know, and I ask myself this question. In case you didn't know, David Irving has retired and quit football, and he did it on an Instagram video smoking weed, um, smoking a blunt at the time. And I look at it and still feel feel it is stupid, it is dumb, it is ridiculous. Uh, retire all you want. Send out a statement that I know I'm done playing football, but to do an Instagram video where you're getting high, I mean, like why, why? Was that really necessary? I guess if you're trying to make a statement, I guess you do what you got to do. But you got a little daughter, um, and as he said, he's a single father. He said that right on Instagram. So, okay, you get high, and you're picking, fo- you're picking getting high over playing football. That's your choice. You're a grown man. But you're also a parent. And what message are Because now that, that video is out there forever. So your little kid may be two, three, four years old now and not know nothing, but what happens in five years, six years, 
seven years. Your kid's 11, 12, 13, and your kid gets their first smartphone. And by then, who knows what smartphones will be like. And someone says, yeah, remember that video from, you, you know, your dad, you, oh, you're David Irving. Yeah, he's the one that quit on Instagram. Huh? Yeah. Let's look up, you know, Next Generation 2, because who knows what it will be called in 10 years. And show your father smoking a blunt quitting football. Like, do people, do these guys, do people even think that now with the Internet, nothing goes away anymore? It, it's there forever? You can Google anything, and it's there forever. So I don't get that decision. But you know what? I'm going to say, and, and if, if, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Um, but as the omniscient one, I'm rarely wrong. And I asked myself this question. If someone said to me, um, yeah, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs, I drink alcohol. Alcohol is legal. I drink alcohol. Marijuana is not legal. Um, medicinal marijuana is legal, um, although, I, although it might be legal in California now. I guess he was out. I guess he's out smoking it where he was smoking it. It's legal, I guess, from what I was watching. I don't know. I don't keep up on all that because I don't smoke it, so what do I care? And I'm not even really talking about the legality verse. I'm talking about it's against NFL rules. So if you want to play football, you can't smoke it. He's saying, I want to smoke AK, a la Ricky Williams, who, by the way, played for 11 years, right? So it's not like he played a couple of years and made some money, you know. So at least he was smart enough to get 11 years out of the league, made some good money, and then say, okay, I'm done. This guy hasn't gotten a real contract, and he's quitting. Like, get your contract. Get your guaranteed money. Like, would I be able to stop drinking for a few years to make, you know, millions of dollars? That's a hard question because I don't have anything to compare that to because I'm not an all-world athlete. But if I had given my entire life, to a sport, I ran track, I played basketball, I played football. Those were the three sports that I participated in growing up. And if I now at 25, and let's just say it's, uh, let's say it's basketball. Um, let's just say it's football. I was, actually, I was actually a pretty decent defensive end. So let's say it's football. And I'm 23, and I can make some real money, and I have been doing it since I was, my first football game, I was, 12, I want to say, 12 years old. So now I'm 22, so I've been playing football for 10 years. I played in high school. I played in college. I'm now on an NFL team, and I have given my life to this dream, and I finally have this dream, and I have my first contract, which, you know, rookie contract, so what am I making? A couple million dollars, maybe, what, $800,000, $900,000 a year for three years, something like that, and now I'm – but I'm good. I'm ready to break the bank. I'm going to get a good contract. What's a good contract? I don't know. Um, five, eight million a year, four years, twenty million guaranteed, something like that. And someone says, "But, but, you can't drink. You have to quit drinking." Yeah. Now it's a tough comparison because alcohol is legal. Um, but still. If I know that's the money I have coming and I got to take care of my family and it's between making that money and, um, you know, drinking, oh, trust me, I am quit drinking until I'm done playing. Until, you know, however that works, whatever I need to do, I'm going to do to make that money. And it's not even it, – it, it's not the money per se. 
because money, you know, money can't buy happiness, all that bullshit. It's not the money. It's the security that the money brings you. If you have a family and you're trying to take care, you know, I have a mom. I love my mom. And I'm fortunate that my, my dad's passed, as you guys all know, but my mom is still with us. And I'm fortunate my mom is still young and, and she, she's, you know, healthy. And But, you know, at some point, we all get old, right? And at some point, my mom, who's in her 70s, God willing, will get into her 80s, maybe 90s, right? Her mom lives to 84, and my mom is in better shape than her mom was at the same time. So God willing, my mom will be here for a long time to come. At some point, right, mom's not going to be who she is today, and mom's going to need help, and it's going to be my job and my brother's job to make sure mom is taken care of. And the more money you have, the better options you have, whether it's, hey, I'm building an in-law apartment. I can't see putting my mom in no retirement home unless it's what she wanted, which I can't see that. Um, so let's not even go there. I can see, hey, I got a house. Um, I mean, I live alone in my house. I could just redo my basement. Mom, there you go. But, however, whatever options, you know, you want a visiting nurse to come in, you know, three or four times a week to check on your mom because you still have to work so you can't be there all the time. You know, whatever it is, it costs money to take care. I got kids in college, right? And then after college, they want to get their life started. And, you know, if you got a few dollars, you can say, look, here's a little money to get you going. I'll pay you first class security deposit. Here, I'll buy you a car. Here, I'm going to get you all set up once you get that job. Now, now all you got to do is maintain it, right? You want to do everything you can. Well, hell, if I'm making $10 million a year, it's a hell of a lot easier than if I'm not. So is all of that worth smoking weed? And he said, oh, I, you know, I've I got some great things coming up. What the hell do you, what are you going to do? Follow Greg Hardy into the, into the UFC? Greg Hardy had a little bit of a name because he played some years for the Panthers, then he played a year for the Cowboys. So he had a little bit of a name. He, he was a very good defensive end. And he had a little bit of a name. They remember you, you, the only name you got is because you played for Dallas. You ain't done nothing. So what the hell do you think you're going to be able to do? It's ridiculous what is going on today. And you know what? Hey, I'm just, I, you know, I'm just here. You know, I ain't nobody. But I have an opinion. And, you know, when I look at 800,000 federal employees, that weren't working for a while, struggling. And I look at this entitled NFL athlete who comes and says, um, you know, hey, I, I'm going to do what I want, and I'm quitting football because I want to go get high. I don't get it. I don't get it. And I, I promise you this. Like I said, Ricky Williams is the same thing. He played 11 years. Played 11 years. I promise you this. David Irvin's going to regret it. And how will we know? Because we're going to hear about him applying for reinstatement. We're going to hear about him getting counseling, getting help, which I hope he does. But what, mark my words, he will be back because he's going to realize you had a gift. You are a physical specimen. He's 6'7", 320 pounds. He's strong. He's quick. I mean, the guy is like upside, limitless upside. Terror on the defensive line. Now you're walking away because you want to go get high. 
do your thing. Randy Gregory on the other hand is a different ballgame. Randy, Randy Gregory struggled. Um, I don't know if he failed a drug test or missed a drug test. When you're at that stage, they treat them both the same. If you miss a scheduled test, then um, they count it as a failure. And I will quote a Dallas Cowboy insider who said, and I'm not doing a word-for-word quote, but I'm delivering the message, what the NFL has done to Randy Gregory is criminal. That's almost word-for-word. And the amount of testing they did and what they asked of him was just insane. I mean, during the season, he would miss practices because he had to fly to New York or fly to Chicago or fly somewhere and get tested and then come back, and he would actually miss practices because of it. And now he's suspended for whatever reason. And so that means you can't be around the team, you can't be around the facility, right? So I could see if there's an issue and you violated a rule and there's a suspension, you got to do what you got to do. And then, you know, the lawyers and player person, you know, player refs, and they do, and they come in there and figure out what's going on, and then maybe they come back later and realize it was a mistake. We've seen it happen many times. What I can't ever understand is why the NFL thinks keeping this person away from their support system is the right answer. The guy has a problem, and he's battling the problem. And the Cowboys, to their credit, and like, well, David Irving, here we go. Randy Gregory, hey, man, I'm in his corner. I hope he, whatever this is, I hope it gets addressed. And he, he's another great one. We saw what he was able to do last year. And I was really looking forward to him getting a full training camp and really him on one side, Lawrence on the other side, full training camp, no suspension. Like, And then, of course, this happens. So we'll see what happens. I hope Cowboys stick with him. I know he's trying hard. I don't know the details of what happened, but I think the NFL really has to revisit its policy. You know, why? That's his family. You know, and by not banning him, so, so now he can't be around the team. He can't be around a facility. So you think that means it's less likely that he's going to do it again or more likely as opposed to allowing him to still interact with the team? Just say he can't play. Heck, let him practice. The coaches can decide if he can't play how much practice they give him. Coaches can decide that. Hey, you can't play. That's the real penalty. You can't play, therefore you're not getting paid. But you can still practice and be around the team. Like, I don't get why. Like, why do you want to hurt them to that point? I, I, would, I would submit that if they change that rule, they would find better results with their program instead of repeated offenders. Because to me, sitting at home on my couch watching ain't the same as sitting sit on the sideline, dying to play that game, and knowing you couldn't play it because you went out and got hired for something you shouldn't have taken, and you're right there. Going through practice, realizing you can't play on Sunday. Oh, that sends a stronger message than sitting home on your couch. Because you could be doing anything at home. Hanging with your boys, hanging with some girl. You know, get on an airplane, go down to freaking, you know, Miami, party it up. Like, you, where's the punishment there? Yeah, I'm, I'm being punished because I'm at Fountain Blue. I think I go to Fountain Blue for a week because I got money. I have a couple of girls come with me. I'm going to get my party on for a week. Yeah, that's the punishment because you broke the NFL rule. No, keep them with their team. Keep them with the support system, the trainers, the coaches. That's going to hurt more. The reason I wanted to get to 
um, Jason Witten afterwards was because, you know, Jason Witten signed with the team. Demarcus Lawrence, they tagged him. He hasn't signed it yet. Uh, we'll see what happens. It's still early. They've got till July 15th to figure it out. Um, you know, I, I get a sense that Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones are as serious as they've ever been about a Super Bowl run. Um, Witten's coming back. DeMarcus Ware has even teased about playing. I'm just wondering how much of a tease is that, especially now with Irving gone and Randy Gregory uncertain. Could DeMarcus Ware, let me see, I'm going to ask Alexa how old he is, okay? Alexa, how old is DeMarcus Ware? DeMarcus Ware is 36 years old. He was born on July 31st, 1982 in Auburn, Alabama. Okay. So Ware and Witten are about the same age. And Witten's coming back, you know, at 30. He'll be 37, and he's going to play at age 37, and, and Ware would be 37. Now, could Ware, you know, play, you know, 56 snaps a game? Probably not. But could Ware come in on third-down situations, clear passing situations, you know, could he come in and give them 20, 25 good snaps a game on the other end as Demarcus Lawrence? He said he's healthy. He's been working out. He feels good. You know, he, he, we know he had back issues in Dallas and also in uh, Denver. And could he be a great influence with Demarcus Lawrence, the next superstar, and Taco Charlton needs something, you know? I, I mean, I doubt it's going to happen, but keep your eyes open. He's teased it. He's kind of been joking, but could it happen? I think the Cowboys, with Witten coming back, um, with Jason Garrett not getting an extension, which shocked me because they loved him some Jason Garrett, I think they're sending a message. And the message is it's go time, guys. You know, every time we have one of these banner seasons where we win a division and make some noise, we follow it up with a stinker where in every other year team – and I, I'm not I'm not feeling that right now. So I think this team is really looking at trying to say, okay, Super Bowl or bust next year. Like, this is it. You know, we've got Dak. We've got Zeke. You know, now we've got Cooper. Witten comes back, which my opinion of it is it's a great move. One, leadership. Two, a reliable tight end because the other tight ends were not reliable. Three, he's a great blocker. And we saw – Issues with the offensive line. Oh, and did I say leadership? Yeah, a lot of talk about who's going to be the leader because it's clearly Dak and Zeke's team. Let me tell you something. Um, I remember when Michael Jordan retired. And I witness no Michael Jordan. But witness one of the greatest tight ends to ever play this game. And I remember when Michael Jordan retired to go play baseball, and then he came back, and he came back wearing 45 and – I think there was maybe 20 games left in this season. And I remember um, when he came back, he did a fax to all the outlets, and all it said is, I'm back, MJ, like that. That's it. There was no, there was no you know, long press conferences or anything. He comes back, he plays. Um, they win that game. Um, they interview him after the game. And I'll never forget hearing him say that it's Scotty took his team, and he's just looking to do what he can to help the team. But it's Scotty's team. And I don't think there's anybody, including Scottie Pippen, who believes that. I don't think there's anybody in the world who's going to believe that. Michael Jordan, 
who, when he retired, then, before coming back to win three more, was considered the greatest to ever play the game. Now, he comes back at 33, 32, 33, whatever he was, and he's saying it's Scotty team, which was the right thing to say. But no one believed that. And we knew it the next year when he came back with the 23. He wore the 45. They lost to Orlando. Nick Anderson said uh, 43, 45, uh, sorry, 23 wouldn't have lost that ball. So turnover, you know, you Google it, you'll see. And he came back and he did Space Jam and he played and, you know, and, uh, you know, all offseason to get himself. He had baseball left. He didn't have basketball legs, is what he said. So he came back, and of course, the rest is history. Three straight, you know, three three more um, rings. But it wasn't ever Scotty's team. I mean, it was Scotty's team when Michael was playing baseball. We know how well that went. I love Dak. I love Zeke. I think they're great. Um, I think Dak, um, you know, got some things to work on, but, but I like him a lot. I think Zeke's just a monster. But make no mistake about it. This will still be Jason Witten's team. Jason Witten will still be who Jason Witten has always been. Zeke even texted, good to have you back, coach, because they know what he brings to the table. This guy who is going to be a first ballot, well, let me not say that, but should be a maybe not unanimous, but close to unanimous first ballot Hall of Famer, walks in. Come on. If you don't believe me, watch the Amazon uh, thing from two years ago on the Cowboys. And and it was uh, Dez's last season, so it was the year before last, and it was on Amazon Prime as six episodes. And, you know, there's some posturing for the cameras, of course, but I truly believe what we saw of Jason Wynn was what we saw of Jason Wynn. Um, and the other reason that I think the team is serious, um, they didn't extend Garrett. Witten's coming back. Where's the round out there? Could he come back? We'll see. Sean Lee's coming back for the year. That shocked me because Sean Lee had almost no impact on the team, at least from a playing standpoint. Matter of fact, at times was almost a liability. But we know what he's capable of when healthy. And we certainly know what he's meant to Van Der Esch and Smith because they've said that he is like another coach. And we know, you watched it, the Amazon Prime thing on the Cowboys and watch um, on Lee and and the season's over, okay? The season's over. The 2017 season's over. They didn't make the playoffs. I believe Sean Lee was hurt. And the, one of the last scenes is Sean Lee breaking down film. Season's over. And he's breaking down film. That just shows what that man means to the team. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I, I need to see what the Cowboys do in free agency. Um, I'm a little disappointed to hear that um, they're not really going to be pursuing um, either Landon Collins or Earl Thomas because of the price tag. It makes sense, but I was kind of hoping that um, they would be able to afford or figure out a way, or maybe especially Earl Thomas, who has been clear that he wants to play for Dallas. Maybe you know they could work something out, but it's it's not looking good. We'll see. We'll still have a few days, so we'll see. Um, but it just looks like, especially from Jerry Jones, who has said at the combine, I've been to 30 combines, I don't have 30 more. I think he knows the clock is ticking. I think um, they realize that, you know, they have a talented team. Maybe Garrett isn't 
the answer. Maybe he is, but Garrett now knows this is it. And the last time his back was against the wall, um, he did well. They took a team that had to make the playoffs and went and won a playoff game and made it to the divisional round. I think next year, anything short of a conference appearance, conference championship appearance, is a bust, and Garrett is gone. He can't do what he did this year and keep his job. He's got to get to the conference championship, minimum. Um, and they've got to have a solid 11-12 win season. You know, none of this 9-7 garbage. Um I think the team is – I think leadership is focused this year. And that means that there's tough decisions that's got to be made. Cole Beasley, for some reason, he's got an inflated view of himself. I've watched his tweets, the rapper Cole Beasley, you know. Um, slot receivers are a dime a dozen, his quote. No one said that. But, you know, you've had some really good games, and you've played well for Dallas. But are you replaceable? I mean, if, I, if, if I'm looking at – I've got an offensive line I need to make sure. It looks like Travis Frederick's going to be back, thank God. I've got people I've got to pay for. What do you think Cole Beasley, you know, sits on the priority list as opposed to maybe Tavon Austin, keeping him another year and putting him in that spot? Or you had Switzer, you let him go, which I don't understand that move, but can you go find another five foot nine, five foot ten shifty slot receiver with decent hands? Yeah, I'll bank money on finding that before finding a number one wide receiver or a potential Hall of Fame tight end. So thank you, Cole, for your service. But, you know, we got a salary cap to manage. And if you're thinking you're going to get six, seven million a year, you're not going to get it in Dallas. It's not happening, bro. So if that's what you're asking price in, thank you for your service. I worked with a guy in Jersey a long time ago, and he would say when he would talk to some of his staff, Look, this is how it's going to be. And if staff didn't like it, he'd look at him and say, I'll give you a good reference. Like, there was no wiggle room. Hey, Cole, thank you for your service. We're moving on. So, I think the team is serious this year. I think and, – and, you know, what does that mean? Were they serious last year? Of course. Were they serious year before? Of course. But I think there is a renewed sense of urgency. And that's why they're doing some of the things that they're doing. Witten is back. Garrett, no extension. Um, if they're smart, they will figure out a DeMarcus one. Do not let this man go, and do not pay him $20 million for one year. You can get him a good contract, backload a little bit of that money, work it out later, but he deserves it. You wanted a war daddy. Jerry Jones's exact words. You got him now, and you drafted him, and he loves Dallas, and he's a leader. Pay the man. Pay the man. And if that means we've got to let Cole Beasley go, bye. We're already losing, you know, David Irving, bye. Figure out Randy Gregory. Still got young linebackers. Don't worry, worry about them. You got $50 million in salary cap money. Use it wisely because it'll go fast. But this team is focused this year. It's focused, and I'm excited about the focus. And I'm excited that feel something different this year. I really do. I feel something. I feel the sense of urgency in Dallas. It's not words. I see the actions. I see the behavior. What do I think is going to happen? I will have to see what happens in free agency. I'll see what happens in the draft. Let's see what they're able to do to strengthen this team. 
The Steelers, I'm sorry, the Patriots have the outline, if you will, the formula, but it's hard for anybody else to do what the Patriots have done. The Cowboys have a chance. They're one of the youngest teams in the league, and you have a chance to really set yourself up for the next several years. You have a chance to do it. Let's see what happens. I'm excited. So that's about it. I wanted to just get on and uh, talk a little bit about the Cowboys and talk a little bit about Antonio Brown, let everybody know free agency starts on Wednesday. Um, If the crew isn't back this week to do a show, you bet bet your bottom dollar. Commissioner T will do a show during this week and maybe bring the crew in next week and we can review all the free agency moves and see where things are. So on that note, I'm over here in Connecticut. Uh, we got a little snow, a little ice, drinking my coffee. I'm going to go catch up on some sports center and see what else is going on. I hope everybody has a great day. Get ready for free agency. And, uh, hey, I can't say the feud will get settled on the field. That feud was settled in February. But um, I can't say free agency is coming up. And I'm excited about free agency. Let's see what happens. Let's see who goes where, and um, we'll go from there. So, everybody, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk soon. Commissioner T, out. Thank you.